Our first scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 10. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And the second one is from Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am immortal. I am immortal until Christ's work for me to do is done. You know, that quote is paraphrased from a statement made by a missionary named Henry Martin. He was a missionary to India and Persia. And Martin died of a pandemic, or during a pandemic, the plague, in October of 1812. He was 31 years old. Martin wrote in his journal in January of that year before he died, he said, To all appearance, the present year will be more perilous than any I've seen. But if I live to complete the Persian New Testament, my life after that will be of less importance. But whether life or death be mine, may Christ be magnified in me. If he has work for me to do, I cannot die. If he has work for me to do, I cannot die. And that's been paraphrased to, I am immortal until Christ's work for me to do is done. In other words, Christ is sovereign over my life and my death. And if Christ still has work that He wants to accomplish in or through me, I cannot die. And in that sense, I'm immortal. I cannot die apart from Christ's permission. So if I'm here and if you're here, it's because Christ wills it and He still has more work to do in you and through you. But if I die, it's because Christ has accomplished His purposes in and through me. And either way, I remain securely in His hand. Friends, this statement, I am immortal until Christ's work for me to do is done, is a statement of uncompromising and unwavering trust in the sovereignty 
of God. And such confidence, such confidence in God's sovereignty and His providential control is good news of great joy for those who are anxious. You know, this Advent season, what have we been doing? We've been considering how the coming of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy for different groups of people. Two weeks ago, the socially and the spiritually distant. Last week, the asymptomatic, those sick with sin, whether they recognize those symptoms or not. And today, we consider how the gospel is good news of great joy for the anxious. And friends, this news can't come soon enough. We're normally anxious this time of the year. And then our anxiety is now compounded because of the coronavirus. You know, one article I read reported that globally, not only does the U.S. have the highest number of cases and deaths, the U.S. population is also suffering more mental health consequences than people from other countries. Americans had the highest percentage, 33%, one-third of people reporting stress, anxiety, or great sadness that was difficult to cope with alone. Another study found that young people, while not physically as affected by this virus, are being affected emotionally, and that young people between the ages of 27 and 29, the number with anxiety has doubled. In another large nationwide survey, U.S. adults were more than three times more likely to screen positive not for COVID, but for anxiety and depressive disorders compared with one year ago. And another survey found a significant increase in alcohol use. Friends, we are naturally anxious and fearful people. And we are living in anxious and fearful times. So we're people who are looking for some good news of great joy for the anxious. And in fact, what have people done? They're searching for it in droves. And not surprisingly, where are they looking? Friends, They're actually turning to the Bible. They're actually turning to the Scripture. Just this week, the makers of the popular YouVersion Bible app reported that Bible searches have increased 80% in 2020. And in the first few months of this year, not surprisingly, the top search term was fear. And the most searched, read, and bookmarked verse on the app is Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. Friends, we are anxious and fear-filled people. We're looking for good news of great joy for the anxious. Not just our anxiety about coronavirus, but our anxiety in general. And friends, the gospel is good news of great joy for the anxious because the good news of great joy is what I opened with. I am immortal until Christ's work for me is done. God is sovereign over my life and death. He's sovereign over my sickness and my health. He is sovereign over me and over you. This is what Jesus taught for us in Matthew chapter 10 that Karen just read for us. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Friends, the number of hairs on your head are numbered. Kev, did you hear that? The number of hairs on your head, they're numbered. 
God doesn't have to spend a lot of time counting Kevin's hair, which is a good thing because God spends a lot of time just keeping Kevin out of trouble. But Jesus says here that not a sparrow, not a sparrow falls apart from God's sovereign will. The God who's sovereign over the sparrows is sovereign over you. That same God is sovereign over coronavirus. Church, God is sovereign over coronavirus. Do you think that the coronavirus and the current crisis came as some kind of surprise to God? Do you think it kind of snuck in at the night during a lapse in God's attention? Like his grip on creation kind of just slipped and coronavirus got in there somehow? Not a sparrow can fall apart from God's sovereign care. That means coronavirus is not immune to God's control. Do you hear what I did there? Coronavirus is not immune to God. It's a bad pun. It's a powerful truth. God is sovereign over coronavirus. That virus will go no further than God allows. It will last no longer than God wills. And it is powerless to even act or continue to exist without God's permission. God is sovereign over the coronavirus. Now, why God allows the virus to continue or exist at all is a mystery. It's a mystery well beyond me and beyond the scope of today's message. However, the Sunday after Christmas, the Sunday the 27th, we will be considering some of the whys behind the current crisis. Now, I'm not promising definitive answers or that I've received any kind of great revelation of truth. But we will consider what we might learn from Scripture about the whys surrounding the current crisis. But for today, it's sufficient to make and emphasize the point that the God who's sovereign over the sparrows is just as sovereign over the coronavirus, and friends, He is just as sovereign over you. A sparrow cannot fall without God's permission, and you cannot fall ill or fall into the grave without God's permission. God is sovereign over sickness and health. He's sovereign over your life and your death. He is sovereign over you. And some of you are sitting out there going, okay, Adam, exactly how's that good news? How's this good news to the anxious? Because you haven't yet said what we all came to hear. We want you to say that God is sovereign and He's in control so that you or someone you love will not get coronavirus. What you want to hear is, hey, God is sovereign so you're not going to lose your job because of the shutdown. You want to hear, hey, God is sovereign so there will always be food in your pantry and toilet paper on the store shelves when you go. God is sovereign so you will never suffer or be sad. God is sovereign so life will always be rainbows and unicorns and health and peace and prosperity. That's the message that you probably showed up today hoping for. But you're correct. That's not the message that I'm preaching to you this morning. Because, friends, it's not the message that Jesus gave us. And I can go no further than what Jesus himself has said. Jesus never promised any of us that we would not get coronavirus, cancer, or even a contusion. He never promised that we would not experience loss or lack or loneliness. Jesus never promised smooth sailing or that we get out of this life unscathed. Jesus simply says in this passage that God is sovereign over the fate of the smallest sparrow, and He's sovereign over the greatest of pandemics, and He is sovereign over you. And friends, this is good news of great joy for the anxious. You know, this spring, during the very height of the lockdown, 
a group of songwriters, a group of songwriters who brought us some modern classics like In Christ Alone and His Mercy is More and He Will Hold Me Fast. These songwriters got together and they released a new song during the height of the lockdown. And it's titled, Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. And we have not yet learned it, but we will. And it's a wonderful modern hymn that's an expression of Christ's sovereign care of us. And the song asks, Who holds our days within His hand? What comes apart from His command? And what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand. Friends, what comes apart from God's command? The answer is nothing. Friends, nothing can come apart from the sovereign command, control, and permission of God. You are immortal until God's work for you to do is done. In His hand, He holds the very smallest sparrow, and in His hand, He holds all of your days. So can we trust that He is, he is good and what comes from His sovereign hand for us? is also good. You know, at the beginning of the lockdowns back this spring, March 26th to be exact, I led one of our, our morning scripture meditations on YouTube, and we studied together a psalm of King David. It was Psalm 16. And in that psalm, David expresses his unwavering trust in God's goodness and that which comes from God's sovereign hand. In Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6, David writes, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Now the imagery that David's using here is the imagery of, of God sovereignly dividing up the promised land and giving portions and inheritance to each of God's people. Uh, he, he portioned them. God portioned out the land according to His wisdom and His providence. And David says, what you gave me, God, is good. Not just the land, but all of life, what you've given me is good. His contentment makes a powerful statement trusting God's decision. You know, he says, you hold my lot. You assigned my portion, and so it's good. But you see, the problem with us, the problem with me, is that I tend to complain about what He's given me. And my portion of my lot. You know, because human nature, nature screams, the grass is greener on the other side of the boundary line. She got a water view. His portion is bigger. He got a babbling brook on his. Why does my portion have so many stones? But David says, I'm content. He says, I'm not content because what I've received from the Lord is better than anyone else. I'm not content because what I receive from the Lord is bigger than anyone else. I'm not content because what I receive from the Lord is perfect or without any issues. He says, I'm content because God gave it to me, so it must be good. If this is what God sovereignly chose to give me, then it must be the right thing because I trust He's good. And I trust His judgment over my own. His wisdom and goodness, this is what He gave me. David's content resting securely and completely in God's sovereign decision to give him what he's received. And he says it's a delightful inheritance. And friends, can we trust this? Can we trust this? You know, back in August of 2019, a little bit more than a year ago, when our 
sister, Nancy Strong, died after a long struggle. In the words of my eulogy, I quoted words of a hymn that Nancy, Nancy herself, dearly loved. The title of that hymn is, Whatever My God Ordains is Right. What a title. Whatever My God Ordains is Right. The hymn says, Whatever God ordains is right, and here my stand shall be taken. Though sorrow or need or death be mine, yet I'm not forsaken. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me and I shall not fall. So to Him, I leave it all. Whatever God ordains is right. Whatever portion comes from His hand, the inheritance that He's allocated for me is the perfect inheritance for me. So much so, the hymn writer says, even though sorrow or need or death is mine, I'm still not forsaken. I can experience sorrow, sickness, need, or even death. That doesn't mean I'm forsaken. That means I'm still in His hand because I believe nothing comes apart from His sovereign hand. I'm still in His sovereign care. I'm not forsaken. Now, I may not understand. I may not understand why this portion is mine. And my inheritance, what God gives me, may not always look good. And what God chooses to give me may not be as big or beautiful or long and healthy or as prosperous and pleasant as the portion of another. My path might include suffering and sickness and struggle, but if it's what God has chosen to give me, can I still trust that He is good and that He has my best in mind? Even when I don't understand. Just like we sang this morning, minor, te- minor tears in times of sorrow, darkness not yet understood. Through the valley I must travel where I see no earthly good. But mine is peace that flows from heaven and the strength in times of need. Because I know my pain will not be wasted. Christ completes his work in me. Friends, sometimes our portion doesn't look so good. Sometimes the lot, it doesn't look like the boundaries fell in pleasant places. Sometimes the inheritance is painful. But friends, if this is in God's wisdom, what He has sovereignly allocated to me, can I believe that somehow it must be good? That somehow this must be part of God's sovereign care for me? That somehow this is God sovereignly completing His work in me and through me? And friends, until Christ has completed His work in me and through me, I'm immortal. He commands my life and my death, my sickness, my health. From His sovereign hand comes my portion and my lot. He will accomplish His sovereign purposes for me and through me. The sparrow will not fall without His leave, and neither will I. God is sovereign, and He's good. Can I take comfort that whatever He ordains, whatever ultimately comes from His hand, even when I don't understand it, and even when it's painful, and even when it's not doesn't look good, is good. Because it's what He's ordained. And that nothing, ultimately, friends, nothing that might come could ever, ever, ever separate me from His sovereign hand and His sovereign love for me. That's the confidence that the Apostle Paul shared with us, that he wrote for us in Romans 8 that Karen read for us. Romans 8, 35-37, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake, we're being killed all day long. We're being regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! 
in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Paul quotes here Psalm 44, verse 22, for your sake we're being killed all day long, to simply show that the difficulties listed in verse 35, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, even coronavirus, do strike Christians. We're not exempted from suffering or even being killed. And yet, even if that is what comes, even if that is our portion and our lot, friends, none of those things are able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of those things can tear us from His sovereign hand and His sovereign care. None of those things can derail His plan. God is sovereign to what happens to me, and God is good. And church, if these two things are true, this is good news of great joy for those that are anxious. If God is sovereign over what happens to me, and if God is good, then that's good news of great joy. It speaks right to my anxious heart. You know, you might remember the book of Genesis. Joseph, a young man, a young man sold into slavery because of the jealousy of his own brothers, wrongly accused by his new master's wife and then imprisoned, then forgotten by somebody that he helped, so he languished in jail for a long time. Only in the end, through God's providence, he's exalted to the number two position in Egypt, and by wisdom given by God, he's used to save the lives of thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the known world when a famine devastates all. And at the end of the story, when Joseph is finally confronting his brothers who sold him into slavery about what they did, he turns and he says to them in Genesis 50, verse 20, As for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Friends, note that the same word is used in both parts of that statement. To his brothers, you meant evil. And God, he meant good. In other words, you guys had an evil purpose from the beginning. And God had a good purpose from the beginning. Because God is sovereign over what happens. A sparrow does not fall. Joseph's brothers do not act. Coronavirus does not strike apart from God's sovereign plan and his permission. And God is good. His purpose is good. His plan is good. His intentions are good. We may not understand them. We may not see any earthly good. But is God good? Is God sovereign? So this good news of great joy to the anxious is that when suffering comes, like Joseph, we can say, you meant it for evil. We can say to our enemy, you meant it for evil. We can say to coronavirus, you meant for e you're meant for evil. But God means it for good. So when jobs are lost, you meant it for evil. But God intends it for good. When suffering comes, you meant it for evil. But God means it for good. As Pastor John Piper summarized, neither Satan nor sickness nor sinful man is sovereign. Only God is. And He is good and wise and sovereign. So even when I don't understand and even when I see no earthly good, God is good. And God is sovereign. And His eye that's on the sparrow also watches over me. 
And as such, church, church, we can stand boldly and look in the eye of whatever it is that threatens us, whatever it is that makes us anxious, and we can declare, you mean it for evil, but God means it for good. And He is sovereign and you are not. The purposes of the Lord will stand. And whatever my lot, He has taught me to say that it is well. It is well with my soul. Friends, this is the Gospel. This is comfort for the anxious. Good news of great joy for the fearful. This is the assurance that can teach us to sing it is well with our soul. God is sovereign. And God is good. And church, do we believe it? Do we believe it? In these days of pandemic and fear and trial and isolation, can we believe that God is still sovereign and God is still good? That what He gives is somehow best? That what He ordains is truly right? That what the enemy means for evil, God means for good. And He is sovereign in His purposes, friends. His purposes will prevail. Anxious ones, what assurance we have. What assurance we have, the Apostle Paul so powerfully proclaims, nothing could separate us from the love of God. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, we are secure. We're secure in His sovereign hand and in His sovereign care. So when anxiety and fear speak to your soul, you can confidently proclaim what we sang this morning. No soul, don't give in to fear. Come rejoice now, O my soul, for His love is my reward. Fear is gone and hope is sure because Christ is mine forevermore. Christ is ours and we are His. We are in His sovereign hand and in His sovereign care. And even when we don't understand it, church, He is good. That what He gives is somehow best. That what He has ordained is somehow right. And what the enemy means for evil, God means for our good. So come rejoice now. Come rejoice, O my soul. For His love is our reward. May our fear be gone. For our hope is sure. And church, Christ is ours forevermore. Let's pray. Father, come and speak to fearful hearts. Speak to us of your sovereignty. Speak to us of your goodness. Speak to us of your love. And then send us forth, O Lord. Send us forth to speak to others to speak to fearful hearts that they might know Christ, His sovereign care, and His sovereign love, now and forevermore. Amen. In closing, let's stand and sing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.